A Psalm of David, ascribe to the Lord of heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength, ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name, with the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters, and the glory of God thunders. The voice of the Lord is powerful, the voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars, and the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf, and Syrian like a young wild oxen. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness, and the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth, and the strips of the forest bear, and his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood, and the Lord sits enthroned as the king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Amen. You can be seated. Thanks, Andy. Let's pray together. Father, it's a blessing to be able to gather with your people uh, in person and online. And it's a blessing to come before your word now and to be reminded of your glory and of your majesty. God, what a blessing it is to sing of that together and uh, just how much we enjoy that and never want to take that for granted. God, it's good to hear the voices of our brothers and sisters in the Lord that are all proclaiming the same name, glory in the same name, Jesus Christ. Lord, inhabit your pra- the praises of your people and bless these moments as we turn now to your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This past Wednesday night, I was sitting right here, actually, and uh, Ligon and Chad were up here, and it was about 10, 15 minutes before the service was going to start, and uh, we were going over our notes, thinking about uh, our Bible study, and all of a sudden, and I knew that there was like, uh, you know, storm, storms in the area and that kind of thing, but I wasn't really thinking about it, I'm inside, and there was a boom, like big time, at least 10 second long type thunder Pull up the point where you could like hear the, the rafters shaking in here. And I was like, that's amazing. Because on Sunday, I'm preaching about thunder. And God just sent it. And I was like, if you'd have sent it 1030 on Sunday, that'd have been even better. But I'm not gonna be picky. I'm not gonna be picky. I got to experience that sitting in this room. And, uh, and we still get a sunny day today. And that's a good thing. It was, it was one of those times where the thunder just shakes the everything, you know? I asked Amber about it when I got home, and she and the kids were sitting in the kitchen, and we have this big bay window, and she said the window was shaking, rattling. I don't know what you were doing at 622, probably, Wednesday night, but you may have heard that same thunder uh, if you were in this area. Uh, when, that, when that happens, we're just we're reminded of just this power that we see in nature. Uh, the Many of you may remember... I didn't. Remember, I asked Amber about this. What day it was? It, apparently, it was Easter night that we had those uh, all those tornado warnings this year. And the reason I remember that is because uh, we were looking at the weather, trying to watch what was going on uh, right before we we're going to bed, kind of late, and our phones blow up with tornado warning in the area. You know, and uh, we got three kids, and all they all have upstairs bedrooms, and so we made the questionable decision of getting them all out of their bedrooms. It was good for their safety, bad for their sleep, you know, and we brought them to mattresses downstairs and we had a horrible night. But the, if you remember that night, at least I don't know what you remember it was, but I remember it was like there were points where the thunder never really stopped. Like there was so much lightning around that the thunder is just like this constant roll for hours on end, it seemed. Uh, those, those moments were just amazed. I mean, it's horrifying in many ways, but we're amazed at the power. Just Tuesday night, uh, we were, Micah's playing t-ball. And we were out on the field, uh, hit a 6 o'clock game, and it was probably 6.40, 6.45 or so, that uh, we felt a few drops of rain. You know how that happens in the summer? 
And we had seen that the clouds kind of getting darker. You feel the breeze is, is picking up. You know the rain's coming. You just don't know how fast. And uh, we had just gone out there. It was like the third inning we were playing. And, uh, and the rain was like drip, 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 drip. And the coaches, we all kind of stopped and looked at each other like, all right, how much time we're going to have? And we paused about 30 seconds too long because we called it, but it was too late at that point. The bottom just fell out and everybody was drenched. You know, if I, if I took a garden hose to you, you know, you might get a little wet. If I took a fire, if I had a, you know, a fire hose, like a fireman had a hose, I could get a few people wet. But God got everybody wet like that, you know. And, and when you experience moments like that, you're just awed, aren't we? I mean, you're upset because you're wet and you're thinking about your phone and that kind of thing. But, but you're awed at the power, the raw power of nature. And there's a purpose to that, isn't there? There's a purpose to those kind of displays of power and wonder in the world around us. Thunderstorms can fill us with awe and wonder and fear all at the same time. And in those moments, we realize just how weak we are. Last week, as we looked at Psalm 8, we looked at the stars and we thought about how small we are. As we come to Psalm 29 today and think about the thunder, we have to realize how weak we are. When we come to the Word of God, sometimes we, we forget just how small and how inept we are. And yet God's Word and nature can remind us that there is someone significantly more powerful than us in the universe. And that's a really good thing. Today, if we can admit our need for that power, if we can admit our weakness, then we'll find a much greater strength, a much greater power in God. We're continuing this Summer Psalms playlist, as we've been calling it, looking at the book of Psalms uh, in the Old Testament throughout the summer. And the part two of this is we've been talking about different psalms that sing to the king. And originally when I started that, I, I had a few in mind, but the more I've studied, I keep finding more and more psalms that proclaim the majesty and the glory of the one who is the king over all, the king of kings. Psalm 29 is another psalm written by the earthly king, David, but he is proclaiming the majesty of a far greater king, our Lord. And this psalm imagines David is either picturing in his mind or maybe he's watching it as he's writing it. He, he's picturing a, a thunderstorm out over the, the sea, the Mediterranean Sea that borders up next to the kingdom of Israel and where he was at the time. And I imagine as he's watching that, he's, he's considering, again, seeing this power, our place in God's kingdom. So he's gazing on this thunderstorm, and this morning in Psalm 29, I want to give you one truth and two applications. One truth and two applications. And like the psalm does, I want to spend a lot more time on the truth so that we understand that. The truth for you today out of Psalm 129 is, like thunder, the Lord speaks with power. Like thunder, the Lord, when He speaks, He speaks with power. Psalm 29, if you read through this, you just heard Daniel read it, seven times it mentions the voice of the Lord. I love when the Bible repeats itself so that I don't miss it. <laughs> I understand what he's trying to talk about. He's telling us about when God speaks and the power that He has. So as David's watching this thunderstorm and he's hearing the roll of the thunder, He's reminded of the voice of God. Oh, how we need God to speak to us, don't we? We desperately need God to speak to us. And sometimes it takes a thunderstorm to remind us of that. It's so easy for us to bring God down to our level and think that He is just like us. But He, in the thunder clouds, reminds us of His majesty. 
I think there's a, a natural connection in our minds when we hear God, when we hear thunder, that we think of the Lord. Thunderstorms are full of power like God's voices. And the storm, the, the storm that, that he's picturing in this psalm, it starts out over the sea. He says in verse 3, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The glory of the God of glory thunders. He's picturing God out over the sea, thundering over the water. And it's not just the, the lightning that's causing the thunder. He's thinking of God's glory, the glory himself, of God himself. I cannot but remind, remind, be reminded of Genesis 1, where God uh, speaks. In Genesis 1, 2, it says, The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So here again, the Lord is over the waters, and He's there for a very powerful purpose. Can, can, you, can you picture that? Can you picture that thundercloud rolling in over the water? We've got the opportunity next week, next month, uh, to go down to visit my family in Alabama, and we're going to spend some time at the beach. And uh, I love the sun and the, the, the sand and the water as much as anybody. And I know that with three kids uh, and the other family that's going to be there, that if it rains all week, we're in trouble. You know what I mean? Like close confines at the beach. We got to get outside. But I can't help but to hope for just one day where I can watch a thunderstorm roll in over the water. It's one thing in my neighborhood with all the trees and being in this building. But when you're somewhere that's flat, like totally flat, especially over the water. It's powerful to see the, the way the clouds come rolling in. You can see it from a distance. You can see where the, the rain starts and stops, and you can see it move across the land. And those moments you can't help but, but just imagine the glory and the majesty of our God. David, as he's picturing that thunderstorm rolling in, he knows that that, that is an incredible display of power. But even that is no match for the Lord. And for his voice. The psalm uh, pictures that storm moving in off the waters and over the land north of Israel into Lebanon. Uh, this area, the area of Lebanon, was in Bible times and still is today famous for these massive cedar trees. In fact, the flag for the country of Lebanon has one of these massive cedar trees on it. And you go through the Old Testament and you find uh, places like King Solomon when he built the first temple. He had cedar trees imported from Lebanon. They went to the, to the ocean, came down, and he brought them all the way over to Jerusalem to build the temple. I think I have one picture for you to show you uh, of one of these trees. And they, they can date some of these trees now, today, back over a thousand years. Some of them, they think, even further. That's an impressive tree. These are majestic, incredible trees. And they are no match for the Lord. Verse 5 uh, it says, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedar. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. Even the strongest of trees can be brought down by a storm, can't they? These incredible and majestic creations are brought to nothing in the middle of a storm. We've all seen massive trees like this that are just shattered by one strike of lightning. Verse 6 pictures two mountains. Here it just refers to them as Lebanon and Syrian. And thanks to some good commentaries, I learned what that was. These are referencing two mountains in that same region in Lebanon. Uh, both of them, Lebanon and the other name for this mountain is Mount Hermon. Both of these uh, majestic mountains are over 10,000 feet in altitude. And you picture the Middle East as very dry and desert, but these are so high, they're covered with snow in the winter. And then listen to how King David describes these mountains. Verse 6, he says, he, the Lord, makes Lebanon, that's the first mountain, skip like a calf 
in Syrian, or Mount Hermon, like a young wild ox. The voice of God thunders and shakes those mountains so much that he compares them to like prancing little livestock. This massive 10,000 foot tall mountain. He says, compared to the voice of God, is like an animal just kind of skipping around, going wild. Wow. Not only the thunder, but also the lightning reminds him of the Lord. Verse 7, the voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. And we all have had that moment of being able to watch a lightning storm from a safe distance and be awed by it. I read just a little bit about lightning this week because I don't know a whole lot. Didn't. Now I know a couple things about lightning. Lightning, uh, the average lightning bolt's about six miles long. You don't think about how high that goes up, you know, and the way they stretch out. But it's only about an inch thick. It strikes quickly and so bright that you think it's huge, but it's only about an inch thick. And so that amount of electrical charge being run through that little bitty thing, I don't know anything about electricity either, you know, don't ask me a lot of questions. I'll tell you exactly what I know. It's all I know. But it can heat up that, that little bitty line up to 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit, which is five times hotter than the sun. That is a natural wonder that's just amazing that God has put on this earth. And when it heats that long, thin line of air so hot and so fast, it compresses air anywhere from 10 to 100 times the normal pressure that air would have. And so then when it releases, that's the thunder. It's this incredibly hot line of electricity that then sends a shock wave around it to a boom of thunder. Psalm 29 verse 8 describes it this way, The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. Not just one little building here in Fountain Inn that's shaken. He's picturing an entire desert, an entire wilderness that is all shaken by that compressed air being shot out and thundering across the land. That's the voice of God. That's what God's voice is like, shaking the world. An entire wilderness being shaken. It's no wonder that we can't help but think that God is amazing. It gets to verse 9 and it says, In His temple all cry glory. So it's like David has pictured this thunderstorm out over the Mediterranean and has moved to the north over Israel and has come down through the desert. And then the people in the temple are hearing this thunderstorm and they're saying, God is amazing. And His voice goes out like thunder. They're gathered for worship and they're singing His praises. David has used all these different metaphors and illustrations. Mountains, uh, uh, thunder, lightning, water, cedars, forest, wilderness, all of that. He's pulling together all those different images, bringing that all to your mind so that we would worship Him because His voice is more powerful than any of those things. It says, the Lord's voice, this is verse, uh, verse 4, the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. All those different images, all those different things are meant to remind us of the majesty of God and the power of His voice. That word majesty is the same word we saw in our, our memory verse for this month in Psalm 8. Uh, it's what we talked about last week, that, that God is king. Majesty is this king-type uh, language, king-type wording. 
It reminds us that God is royal and He is supreme over all things. And so for God to be king, when He speaks, things happen. When royalty, when the king says something, something happens. Amber and I are going through a West Wing. I don't know if you remember that TV show. It's about 15 years old now. We've been watching it on Netflix. It's, uh, if you're familiar with it or not, he, uh, it, it's a fictitious account of a president of the United States. And so uh, this guy, you kind of follow through his decisions. And there's one episode where this, uh, the, the president has a, a moral decision to make. And so he, he's Catholic, so he called on his uh, priest from his hometown to come like immediately that day to come help him make this moral decision. And uh, by the time the, the priest gets there, the president mentions that he's already spoken with the Pope. And this priest from whatever his hometown was is kind of blown away by that. Like, you can just call the Pope? How do you do that? And he's like, I'm the president of the United States. I just open my mouth and say, somebody get me the Pope on the line and it happens. That's a level of authority in this world that you and I probably can't really get our minds around. How much more that when God opens His mouth, things happen. When He speaks, it happens. Because He is King. When royalty speaks, things happen. The whole, not just people, not just lightning, not just storms. The whole universe does the Lord's bidding when He speaks. And that's a good thing. It's a very good thing because God is good. If we could not trust in the the Lord's word and his power, then all those signs of nature would just look like chaos. And we wouldn't know what's going to happen. We wouldn't know. We wouldn't be able to trust. But because we know God and who he is, all those natural forces like thunder, they can be a reminder of power without totally debilitating us with fear. God is the God over all those forces. Think back to the story of of Jonah. As Jonah is running away from God, God sends a storm over the boat to begin to shake them up and get Jonah's attention. When the people listen to Jonah and they finally throw him into the water, the storm stops immediately because God has the power over the storm. And not just that, but God brings a giant fish to swallow Jonah up. He has authority over the fish to save Jonah's life. And then he tells Jonah, the, the fish what to do with Jonah a few days later when he spits him out. God has that authority, that power over all things, over all the natural forces of the world. So we don't have to live in fear of those kind of storms. We certainly respect them. We respect hurricanes and tornadoes and floods. We don't go out in them. We, don't, uh, we, we make sure we listen to authorities about evacuating or sheltering or whatever the thing is. We don't live in fear of them, but we, we respect them. Because they are signs of power, we fear God alone. And I think that's important to remember because we're doing the same thing with a pandemic, aren't we? We don't fear it. We're not afraid of it. God is in control. We respect the authorities. We listen. We pay attention to what we're told to do. We don't pretend like uh, somehow we're immune to it just by carrying around a cross or some kind of mystical thing. No, these are forces in the world. And we respect them. But we don't live in fear of them. We fear God alone. He alone is in charge of all the forces, all the viruses, all the tornadoes, all the damages that could happen. We know whose voice is in control. There's only one. There's only one God. There's a powerful truth in this psalm if we know a little bit about the context and a little bit about the history around this culture that David was writing in. In David's time and pretty much all throughout the Old Testament, 
all the nations around Israel, and occasionally when they send Israel themselves, worship other gods. And one of the most famous gods that they worship is this god Baal. You'll see him show up all the time in, in the Old Testament. I say him, really it, because it's a statue. And uh, one of the things that's associated with Baal is storms. There are depictions we found in ancient Near East stuff where Baal has is, is, got a lightning bolt in his hand. So this is a god of the storm. And yet, and there's also uh, other pagan, you know, there are pagan religions around them, little, little g-gods that they think of as being the gods of the ocean. And so these other pagan nations, before they took a, a voyage on the ocean, they would make sacrifices as a way of trying to appease the god that they would have a, a safe trip across the waters. And so David, as he's writing this psalm about the voice of the Lord, what he's saying is there's only one God, and he's in charge over all those little g-gods that you're making up. There is no other God. There's just one who's in charge. And he makes that point because every time through, you can look, this, look at this in your own copy of God's Word, every time through, Lord is in all caps. Again, like we looked at the last two weeks, this is a place where, God, where David is using the divine name of God, Yahweh. He's saying there is only one Lord. He's the Lord of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the Lord who spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. He's the one that brought his people out of slavery in Egypt and across the Red Sea. There is only one Lord, and he's in charge of all. No gods of the sea or gods of the thunder have any authority over God. There's only one God. He's the God who speaks, who speaks with authority and all power. Maybe you know the story of, of Elijah and the false prophets of Baal. In, in, I think it's uh, 1 Kings 18. And all day they, they set up two altars. There's 450 prophets of Baal and one prophet, Elijah, that's going to have these two altars. And all day long, the prophets of Baal dance around this altar asking this fake false god Baal to light their altar on fire. They're asking for Baal to speak. They're asking for, for this false god to do something. Elijah even taunts them. I love this. He mocks them and says, maybe he can't hear you. Speak louder. Do something more. Maybe he's asleep. If you're just louder, you'll wake him up. He's taunting them. You know why Baal couldn't hear them? He doesn't have ears. He's not a person, just a statue. Of course he can't hear you. It's not God. There's only one God. Elijah prayed, the Lord spoke, send down fire and consume the altar and the 450 prophets. That's an important reminder for us because there's only one God. There's only one who's in charge. There are no spiritual forces in your life or this world that have authority over God. When God speaks, it happens. Nobody else has that kind of authority. We may feel the temptation from the devil and we may feel like it's impossible to resist. But it's not true. It's a statue that you think is calling out to you to do something. Only God can speak. We may feel forces and pressures on you. Maybe it's your job that feels like you feel like this. This is just immovable. It, it has a, a pull on me that I have to do this. I have to spend time here. I have to go. I have to whatever. Maybe it's a relationship or something that's pulling you and you say, I, I can't stop it. It's a lie. There's only one who's in charge. The Lord, whose voice is like thunder. There is no other voice. There is no other power greater than God. John 1 tells us 
that God in His very being, He is the Word. He is a voice. He is a, a spoke. He is spoken to us. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. That same Word is how everything was created. God simply spoke, let there be light. And light happened. That is an unrivaled power. Nothing compares to that kind of power. And the one who is the Word, who was at the beginning, is the same Word who became flesh, who dwelt among us. Jesus is the Word, the message, the truth, the power communicated through a message. And He is incarnate. Like the Father did for Jonah, God the Father did for Jonah, Jesus did for the disciples that day on a boat in Galilee. When the storm raged and everything came up, Jesus didn't wring His hands and worry and make a sacrifice and whatever to try to... He just spoke. He said, peace, be still. The wind and the waves, they obeyed Him immediately because He's the King. And when He opens His mouth, things happen. He doesn't have a choice. One day Jesus in John 11 came to the tomb of His good friend Lazarus. And Lazarus had died. You know what Jesus didn't do that day? He didn't pull up a cauldron and mix together a potion. He didn't pull out a crystal ball and talk to the spirits. He didn't work up a frenzy. You know what he did? He spoke. Lazarus, come out. You know what Lazarus did? He came out. Because Jesus is the king. And when he speaks, things happen. The voice of God is like thunder. And it has all power in all authority. The same God who spoke the world into being, who spoke the sea into calming, who spoke Lazarus to life, He spoke through some people and He wrote a book. This is the Word of God. And it thunders with power in our lives. God spoke by His Spirit, and He has guided this to be written for us. And through it, and through His Holy Spirit who guides the application of it into our lives, He transforms our hearts. 1 Peter chapter 2 says, You may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. You see, for everyone who believes in Jesus, what has happened, whether you understood it was happening or not, is that you had a dead heart and God called, He spoke, and your heart came to life. You know why? Because He's the King. And when He speaks, things happen. His voice has that kind of power. And when God speaks, everything changes. Like thunder, the Lord speaks with power. I want to know if you give this book, God's Word, the same kind of reverence and awe and respect that you give to a thunderstorm. Do you look at it with, with awe and say, God Himself has spoken in His Word? Do you trust that God has that kind of power? And do you trust that He can speak into your life? Do you believe that the Lord speaks with power still today? That's the truth I want you to remember. 
Lord has spoken and He speaks. And when He speaks, He does it with power. So there's two applications. The first should be obvious. If this is who God is, and He is, then we worship Him. First application for you today is to worship our powerful Lord. That's actually where the psalm began. I just wanted to give you the reasons before I gave you what you're supposed to do. But David actually starts with, this is what we're going to do, and I'll tell you why. So if we go back to what he said we're going to do, he says, Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. So let's join with the angels in proclaiming the most glorious, magnificent, and mighty God. Verse 2 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. This is Yahweh. This is the creator and sustainer of the universe. This is the redeemer of humanity. His name deserves all glory and majesty. He is the only one whose glory is due to His name. He's dressed in royal robes, the splendor of His holiness, and we're invited to worship Him. I think there's an important connection here between God's words and our words. We spend most of our time talking about God's words, but if God has spoken, that has some implications for what our words should be, doesn't it? If He has called us out of darkness and into light, if He has brought us out of death and into life, then what should our words be but worship to our powerful Lord? The most important thing we can do with our words is to proclaim God's majesty. So let me ask you if uh, somehow and we had some technology that would be creepy, but interesting. If we could transcribe, I had written down everything you said this week. Think about that. Like it was sitting at your doorstep when you got home. Here's everything you said this week. If you read back through there, what would you find? How are you using your words? Do your words reflect the word of God? Does, do your words reflect praising the God whose word brought you to life, if you know Jesus? Are our words filled with dirt and filth? Or are they filled with ascribing glory to the one who created all? We use our words so poorly. And the Bible invites us to something far greater. I'm always amazed at the things that people know a lot about. You know what I mean? Like you've all got a hobby or something interesting. Like if there was, if I, there's something that if I brought up a topic, you could talk to me for five or 10 minutes without me asking any questions, right? Like there's something in your life, whether it's a hobby, your job, you know, I, before the pandemic, I couldn't tell you anything about live streaming, but I had a, a pastor's wife who asked me yesterday about how to do this. I could talk to her for about 10 minutes, probably more about how to make all this work because we had to figure that all out. You know, you've all got something that you could talk about. What if I ask you about God? If I ask you about the Lord who has spoken your life into being, who has changed your heart, could your words, are your words filled in a way that you could worship Him for 10 minutes to me? Just talking about the greatness of our God. Psalm 29 calls us to stand in awe of Him like we would gaze at a powerful thunderstorm and then to speak our words back in worship to Him. And the, last, the second to last verse, it started with a call to praise Him. The second to last verse gives the, the assurance of why we should praise Him. It says in verse 10, The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as King forever. 
David may have been thinking of the, the flood in Noah's day. And he's saying even the worst catastrophes of all of humanity, God is enthroned above them. He's in charge. He decides what happens on this earth. We can trust him that he will never be dethroned. He is the king forever. Which is why Psalm 29 then ends with a prayer. It says in verse 11, May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. I told you that the truth of this passage is that like thunder, the Lord speaks with power. First application is what we do with our words, that we worship Him, our powerful Lord. The second application is what we ask for. We pray to the Lord for power and peace. Pray to the Lord for power and peace. When we see and we hear a thunderstorm up close, we don't feel mighty. We don't feel impressive. We feel very weak. And that is true. We are. But we know the one who isn't. We know the one who is strong. We know the source of all power, God. And He gives His strength to His people. The same Spirit who raised Christ from the dead lives inside of us. And He gives us strength to endure whatever is ahead of us. He gives us strength to speak words of praise. And He gives us strength to speak words to other people. Maybe even life-changing words. You see, God may use your words not just to bring glory to God directly, but to tell others about Him so that they may give glory to God. Maybe that's a, a speaking power, a speaking a, power, a word of encouragement. Maybe that's the power you need this week to look at somebody who is struggling and to be able to have a word of encouragement to them. That's a powerful thing to do. And the same Spirit who is inside of you that raised Jesus from the dead can give the power to encourage that person. Or maybe that's speaking the gospel message to somebody this week in power. Not because you're strong, but because God is. Satan will try to tempt you to say you are weak. You, are, you can't do anything. Your, your words are useless. And you could say amen, but God's aren't. God's power, God's words are powerful. So you can tell the devil, no, I don't have any power on my own, but I know the one who does. Let God speak to you in power and let Him guide you in truth so that you can speak in power to others. And when you have that kind of power to use your words well, then you can have peace. Our whole world is, is seeking those things, power and peace. We, we don't have either one of them. Naturally, we are weak and we are anxious. But when we know the God who has all power, we can say, He's in charge. And I can trust Him and live, this, live in peace. Man, there's so much unrest and anxiety in the world. And for good reason. There are lots of broken things around us that we've contributed to and we need to fix. But it doesn't mean we live our lives in stress, in anxiety, in fear. We live trusting the God who's in control that He will empower us to be His vessels for good work on this earth. In the middle of the storm, you can have peace because we know the Lord who's over the storm. His voice is still greater. By nature, we're weak and we're anxious, and we don't like that, but we can overcome them. So let me ask you this week, who are you turning to for peace? Who are you turning to for power? Because there's only one who can give both. The Lord, when He speaks, it's like thunder. And so pray to Him. May the Lord give you peace. And may the Lord give you power. Let's pray.
God, it's amazing to think of your majesty throughout all the earth. God, when we have glimpses of that in nature, it just reminds us of how amazing you are. But even more than those earthly displays of power, we know that you, when you speak, nothing can withstand you. So God, we pray that you would continue to speak to our lives. God, that you would use your word, like I have right here in front of me, to transform our lives. May it transform our words. May it change the way we speak to others. May it change the way we talk to our friends, to our neighbors. God, may our words be words of worship and of encouragement, of truth, of good news. God, use our words because you, the word, have become flesh, died in our place, and resurrected so that we could be with you and know you forever. Lord, we pray that if there are any here or watching online who do not yet know you, that your word would go out even now. God, we, we hold fast to the promise you gave to Isaiah when you told him your word never goes out and returns void. You will always accomplish what you intend to accomplish because you're the king. So Lord, if that word is supposed to change a heart today, let it be so. Let it be so. Lord, move in all of us to bring us to you, that we may worship you today. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Hey, if you're online, you can connect with us some way. If you're here, we invite you. You can come and pray at the altar. You can come pray with me if you'd like. But I pray that you respond with words today in worship as we sing. Stand and sing with us.